It's Wednesday, February 19th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and I am joined in studio by Motley Fool analyst Bill Mann and Emily Flippin. Welcome. How are we doing? Doing all right. I, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be nervous or not, though. You should never be nervous. <laughs> never be nervous. This is and remember, it's a free show. You know, that's so, right. It's true. So, anytime we fumble, I'm just you know, I just remind listeners of that. Well, we've got <laughs> lots to talk for. about. Yeah, Blue Apron, woof, oof. Maybe looking for a suitor. Blue Apron has all sorts of problems. I was going to say that Blue Apron is having problems putting food on the table, but I'm better than that, <laughs> so I'm not going to say that. Garmin, on the other hand, Garmin shares up big, and we'll talk about that as well. And Groupon. Well, Groupon, 42% cheaper today. Group off. <laughs> yes, group off. But, Bill Mann, I want to begin with a, well, well, the market, it's an incredible, eleven, almost 11 years old, this bull market we yeah. have. S&P hitting another all-time high today, and that was reflected in a Wall Street Journal headline that I know caught your attention. <laughs> so, I just, want to, I just want to present you with this Wall Street Journal headline, the market's real worry is lack of worry. It's like the it's like the opposite of, of of Churchillian logic. Like, yeah, you should be afraid of the fact that you're not afraid. It is it is interesting to me. I mean, a lot of people have pointed to the coronavirus and said this is, you know, this is really, you know, like this is destabilizing the global economy and why are we hitting all-time high after all-time high? I really wonder, though, not so much about the virus itself, but the fact that so many industries are literally right now shut down because because they can't get product from China. There's no you know no flights going into or out of China. It is amazing when you think back, you know, 15 years ago, and like civil civil unrest in like Nigeria would cause the market to drop, and now China is basically shut down, and we're like, well. Okay, I guess. I guess it's okay. So, is it okay though? Are we getting complacent? Are you worried, or what do you what do you feel about? I that? don't know what am I worried. Apparently, I'm not worried. I don't, <laughs> Emily. I don't know what to think. Like, I I really don't. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you in the fact that that I don't know what to think. That you don't know what to think. No. <laughs> I wonder about what next quarter is going to look like for a lot of these companies. Yeah. Uh, they've already readjusted their estimates, so we know quarters for a lot of the biggest companies here in the U.S., like Apple, like Starbucks. Yeah, they're they probably not going to be great. Yeah, yeah. they're and and that it's going to trickle down to a lot of smaller companies that you wouldn't think of too, because so many companies are getting supply out of China. Uh, Long term, again, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. I. I Wonder if there are really any long-term effects from this, and I wonder if this is a silly thing to say, but if the market's taking a long-term approach to like, companies like Apple are still going to be great companies. They're going to have to work out their supply chain. We're going to have to work out how to control coronavirus, but it's still going to be Apple at the end of the day. 150 million trips Chinese people took out of China last year, and right now it is functionally zero, mm-hmm. and wow. that's just—it's crazy to think about the fact that. Yeah, we're assuming that there's no impact. Wow. Okay. We'll see. We'll see reflected in the market sooner or later. Okay. Well, we will keep an eye on that. Um, Let's move on to a good day for Garmin. Shares of Garmin up more than seven percent on earnings at the time of our taping. The stock hitting a 12-year high. 
Now, Garmin, all about GPS technology. Bill, back in the day, I thought of Garmin as you know, basically your car, right? Yeah, you or your the boat. device or your boat. Or but, somebody's boat, not our boat. Yeah, but now <laughs> I see it characterized as much more of a fitness device maker. What do you make of Garmin? Well, so when you think about Garmin, you really have thought of it as being auto and boat, GPS, avionics. They really are becoming more and more of a fitness company. Thirty-four uh, percent growth in their fitness, uh, you know, in, in in their fitness division. They're really firing on all cylinders except for auto, which is which is dropping and becoming a smaller and smaller part of the business. So, really, really doing well. I'm having a good chuckle right now because I, when I was prepping this story, I had the opposite read. I was like, you might think of Garmin as just as a fitness tracker company, but did you know that they have auto and, and marine and aviation devices too? That's hilarious. Uh, so maybe that's a generational divide there, but I, I agree. I think Garmin has done a really great job. Ouch. Of <laughs> the yeah. fitness market's been great for them. I would just caveat all of this. You know, great earnings. I'd say revenues nearly. At four billion dollars, so it's a bigger company than you might assume. I will just say it's a naturally lumpy business. We we see a lot of excitement over new devices and new products, especially in the fitness category. So really good year, really good quarter for fitness devices for Garmin. There's no reason to think that it will stop, but there's also no reason to assume that it will continue forever. You know, you make an interesting point. It really does feel like we're doing 2006's market foolery today with the companies that we're talking about. Mm. Yeah. Well. This is more of a maybe 1999-2000 market foolery for our next company, Blue Apron. Woof. <laughs> okay, Blue black, Apron. Black Apron. Yes. Okay, the meal oh. delivery business shares down more than 20% on earnings. Emily, this has been just a dog of a stock, and that's not fair to dogs. I mean, <laughs> this has not been a great stock. Blue Apron now says it's exploring strategic options, which could include a merger or selling the company mm -hmm. outright. What do you think of Blue Apron's latest? Well, we're talking about going back into the past. Let's flash back into the past when Blue Apron was initially listing as a public company. The value proposition was this is going to change the way that we all eat. Uh, not to throw Stitch Fix underneath the you know car again, but the same thing with Stitch Fix. This is going to change the way that we get clothes. And ultimately, when push comes to shove, with a company like Blue Apron, is it's a niche market. Uh, it's a hard market to make work. I mean, shipping food products is not easy. It's a very low margin business and ultimately they didn't have the scale and the ability to get as many consumers as they would need to be a feasible publicly traded company it's simply not a big enough business so while as terrible as blue apron has been i think it was kind of a foregone conclusion that they would eventually be taken private one way or another to focus on a small group of consumers that are willing to pay up for a better experience when companies talk about exploring strategic options it literally means that they're running out of options right like because options <laughs> Four for them is yeah. bankruptcy, and it has been done in the past. I mean, Emily is exactly right. It has been done in the past that companies have said, "Okay, we are going to, you know, we're going to focus on our core customers." Tiffany has done it. Tiffany doesn't go out and try and get everyone to buy Tiffany stuff. Tiffany also has incredibly high margins. So, yeah, this company is probably not viable as a, you know as a publicly traded company because it just, I mean, you know, the market has spoken. This is we're talking about a forty-five million dollar company at this point. Okay, so when we think of potential suitors. Is there a company that comes to mind that you think, you know what, Blue Apron would make sense for blank? You're going to love this one. Costco. 
So back oh. back in the day, back in the day, probably 2018, <laughs> yeah. uh, Blue Apron got a little bit of flack because they had this initiative set up with Costco where they were selling their prepackaged meals inside Costco for a pretty big discount. Costco ended up actually cutting them during the holiday season and never bringing them back. I don't think they sold as well as Costco expected. But a lot of the major grocers right now have their own versions of some sort of food delivery meal service business. It's typically a loss-leading business for them, so they don't make a lot of money on it. But a company like Costco could potentially drive more members, and they get that upfront subscription fee by offering Blueprint, which has a somewhat loyal customer base, and uh, yeah, they would be the exclusive providers of Blue Apron meal kits. I, I I don't know if that would make a lot of sense for them, but when I think about the companies that could potentially go after it, Costco to me is kind of up there. As yeah. a as a Costco shareholder, I'm not sure how I feel about <laughs> that. I I don't know. Let me say these words again for Costco now a 200 billion dollar market cap company. This is literally change from the couch for Costco yeah. to be able to take, you know, to, to try this. This this would take absolutely no risk from Costco. I just, you know, I I'm not sure that there's value in it for Costco, but I mean, that's a that that's a reasonable place to look for a merger partner. In fact, that's better than I came up with. Okay. You know, yeah. What was yours? I, you know, I thought that Grubhub or oh, you, know, yeah, yeah. you know, like you know, they're all in the midst of a consolidation, a potential consolidation. Nothing like being acquired for being unprofitable by another company that's horribly unprofitable. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when in yeah. doubt, combine yeah. scale. Well, that's, that's <laughs> the death hug. Yeah. I think it's like, <laughs> that's a that's a good segue to Groupon. Um, shares of Groupon down more than forty percent on earnings. Mm. <sighs> It's it's just really hard to believe what has happened to this company. Groupon's market cap. Of no, it isn't. Do you think it's hard to imagine? Well, well here's here's here. Let me let me finish. I don't think I don't think it's that hard to imagine. But I think I think here's where I'm going with this. Groupon has a market cap of around a billion. Yeah. You know, give or take a few hundred million right now. Yeah. Give it a minute. <laughs> now this is the same Groupon. I'm sorry. This the is same a, Groupon yeah. that back in 2010. Turned down an offer, a buyout offer from Google for five point seven five billion. Yeah. So that's what I mean by all that. I mean, yes. they could have they could have taken the money back in twenty ten. Obviously, they they thought that that was not you know doing them justice. They thought they were worth more than that. Fair enough. But where did it all go wrong? By not taking the money. <laughs> I mean, that was that may that that may have been the moment. I mean. The, if you if you recall at the time, people were so excited to get that email from Groupon. Like, what's the local deal today? It was, I mean, it was a cultural experience yeah. for a while. So they weren't wrong to think that they had caught on to something. But like a lot of you know, like silly bands or whatever other cultural experience. Silly you bands, to... strong reference. Thank you, thank you. They've made a they they they've made a comeback in my house, so they're front of mind. Um, it's just it was one of those things where they were wrong about the staying power power of their cultural significance. I think they lacked a little bit of vision, to be honest with you. I think they rested on their laurels, and I still think there's a way for Groupon to turn this around. I, I'm kind of having flashbacks to you know John Ledger. He's leaving T-Mobile right after that mm -hmm. merger. What business is he going to disrupt next? Maybe he needs to come in to Groupon and give this a culture overhaul, not just within the company but within the perception of consumers' minds. I think Groupon has kind of ruined its impression. Like you mentioned, it it was the hot commodity for a while. Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of leverage. I think if they're able to 
actually roll out what they call their Groupon Select program. It's a membership. You get subscriptions. You get discounts on things like movie tickets. And the focus now, they're they're cutting their retail business to focus on experiences and things to do that are local. I think that's that should be their bread and butter. That should be where they're focusing all their attention. I'm not going to Groupon to buy a pair of leggings. I'm going to Groupon to. I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, for instance, I used Groupon to yeah. buy my skydiving tickets last year, and they had a great deal on it. And it. Well, it, hold on, hold on. You went like indoor skydiving or like the real? Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. You did discount skydiving. Got, oh my gosh. On Groupon, I got discounted skydiving. Emily. Tickets. That's up there with like discount eyeball surgery. Like, there's no way. But I'm Groupon, paid. it was fine. I did not die. Nobody in my group died. So I figured that's already so, an achievement. So that's baseline. Oh baseline, nobody died. Oh my gosh. Was it, was it tandem jumping? Or you oh, tandem. You okay. can't go by yourself unless you're trained. Okay. Baseline, no one died and I saved some money by Groupon. It was like a it was not a little bit of money I saved. It was significantly you know, cheaper it, than everywhere else. So, so is there hope? Hindsight. So, so do you think is there hope for Groupon as a standalone company, or ultimately do they get acquired? And please don't say Costco if they do. <laughs> I think Costco would be really interested no! in this one. No, I, I, I do think there's hope for them as a standalone company. I think they're right now they're trading for about one-time sales. So it's it's. The expectations are still relatively low for this company. I, I think they need to make a concerted effort in turning around their business. Though they need to put more money and more effort into things like advertising and exposure and just making Groupon the go-to place. Because right now yeah. they're losing out to apps like Honey, for instance, which doesn't do exactly the same thing. But Honey has a really successful Chrome extension download that has just recently been been purchased for I think say a billion five billion dollars around there. I mean. Ridiculous, right? And I, when I checked Groupon's Chrome app extension, I don't know if this number is correct, but the number it said on the website was 411 downloads. That's not 411,000. That's not 411 million. 411 it's downloads. Not a, lot. not a lot at all. You know, for me, I think you know Groupon. Basically, one of the things that they said today is that they're they're getting they're shutting down Groupon Goods, which was a way they were selling like phone chargers and like literally, you know, literally like the vape shop, you know, on the internet, right? Like <laughs> they have an opportunity, I think, to offer premium services, premium experiences, and that's kind of where they were going when they started. But they but people got so wrapped up in the discount part of it that they became you know they they ended up pushing themselves farther and farther farther down the value chain. So I think that there actually is opportunity for them to rebrand as one of the things that they're trying to do. And skydiving would, premium skydiving? Yes, I was going to ask that. Would discount skydiving <laughs> where does that fit in? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm, Hopefully I'm just, it does. Somewhere. I have a question and a follow-up oh question. I'm just I'm just glad you've lived to to talk about it, yeah, I, I, mean, I am too. I'm envisioning like a World War II prop plane. Is that correct? <laughs> Actually, you're not far off. It was we saw the plane, and <laughs> there was a there's a moment of fear, but I already put the hundred bucks into it, so I thought I'm I jumping see, out of this plane. I see the movie Fandango in my mind, <laughs> scene where he drops laundry instead of a. <laughs> wow. Okay, so the desert island question: You're on a desert island, and you have to buy one of these stocks and own it for the next five years. What are you going? With Garmin, Blue Apron, or Groupon. You know the thing I love about this question is that none of these three products are useful on a desert island. This <laughs> is true. <laughs> like, hey, I've got meal delivery. <laughs> That's a way to get rescued. Uh, for me, I think you have to go Garmin. Okay. I 
I mean, Groupon didn't kill me, and I feel like I need to throw them a bone here because I came back from that trip alive. So I'm going to go with Groupon. I think there's a turnaround story here somewhere. That is a low bar. That is such a low bar. Groupon didn't kill me. It's a new approach to investing. 80% less death than our competitors. Wow. Bill and Emily, thanks for joining me. Thanks Thanks for having us. As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.